If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with MyBookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Hope you're well. Appreciate you joining us. As always, I'm Jeff. That is Tom, and he is Director Matthew. You're you. You're with us. Come on board. Let's have a good time. Redemption Thursday, sort of. I got one game. You know what's about to be back? We're about to have Probables back. Man, I'm turning the page. I'm excited. I had Super Bowl this week. FSU basketball sucking last night again in the game I was at. I'll talk about it in a minute. I'm the, turning the page. The WM is this weekend. Starts today. Yeah, it does. I got... Money on it, Tom. I'm gambling. Imagine that, me gambling on golf. Yeah, you like the WM. I have a feeling uh, this is when your golf season kind of starts. You start getting into it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually, I know you like it once they leave Hawaii and they get to California. You'll kind of tune in out there. Yeah, Tori, I'll check in. Yeah. Certainly not the pebble unless it's Pro Bowl weekend, and yeah, then I'm desperate yeah. for a couple hours of something. I can watch it all. I don't care if they're playing the Hartford Open. I'm watching that thing. But I uh, I like them all. But, yeah. This is ratchet up time right now. You get this, well, and you get the Genesis next weekend. But remember, this is, um, you know, the, the, what they're doing. Well, I, I'm not going to talk golf in the opening segment. But, anyhow, they, they, this is this is a designated event. So, you've got the best players in the world. That's a, yeah. yeah. Ratchet I mean, yeah. it up field. This is a loaded field. Let's go. It's unbelievable. In the same town as the Super Bowl. So, what the people are talking about out there, here you go. It's a segue to football. But that, uh, I believe, was Stuart Sink was quoted. He's been there four times at the Waste Management for the same weekend of the Super Bowl was in town. He said, it's nuts. He yeah. said, but I can't imagine what it's going to be like with all these Philadelphia Eagle fans that are out there. He said, it's going to be nuts. Well, they're feeling, they're feeling it right now because you can get the sense with the Super Bowl coverage and the commentary that the Eagles feel good about their chances in this game. They feel very good. They're buoyed with confidence. How could you not be yeah. after a dominant regular season and – they Your sound, health is in a good place. They sound like you and me. A couple yeah. of years back, yeah. Uh, when we well, but the Chiefs were injury injury riddled when we faced them, and I mean, I, I don't know what would have happened otherwise, but to pretend that they weren't in a compromised way would be disingenuous. And we knew they were, and, right. and that's also part of it. By the way, that's true for college football going into the playoffs or the national championship. That's just that's nobody's fault. You can't fall back on excuses. Everybody plays the same number of games, and if you get brutalized and you can't stay healthy, sucks for you, but that's the way it works, right? And and the team that's healthiest took advantage of it on that day and dominated. But this this version of the Chiefs, I think, is going to be a far more healthy than the version that faced us. They are, however, they're you know, they're going against a, a really deep defensive line. Mm, well, well, 
Yeah, that the four across is insane. And the rotation, all of those guys are good. Yeah, yeah. There's they rotate in and out, and then also the receivers are banged up. So it's you know you can bracket Kelsey and not have to worry as much unless some kind of development happens miraculously. The oddity is even when people do, Tom, they don't stop him. Well, Uh, he's insane. You can even let him have his. He can have you know going to get eleven for a buck seventy five and two scores, and you can win by seventeen points. Right. I mean, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. As long as nobody else hurts you. Yeah. It's true. Nah, it's it's just it's a credit to him, by the way. Uh, it's a it's a credit to him. What I missed this. I wasn't no, watching. Put this. Sirianni up on our no <laughs> no. That's crossing the line, director. Oh, we're not doing all that. You can put up a Dazio. All right, let's do this. Mike Norvell got an extension on the day that he agrees to do uh, a pretty lengthy interview with me. Is that a coincidence? I think it put him over the top. You think that the university and the athletic department was listening closely to our conversation, one that he told me he enjoyed and noted the confidence and the comfort and thought, I really liked what he had to say on the Jeff Cameron show. Let's pull the trigger. I Prove me wrong, everybody. I mean, it's it certainly, you're welcome, coach. That's a lot of money. <laughs> Actually. He was in a good mood, wasn't he? Uh, yes. I mean, this, all jokes, yeah. all sarcasm, tongue-in-cheek aside, Mike was in a really good mood, uh, just so you have some insight here. We did that interview in the morning. My mic is unstable. Mike is stable, but this mic is not stable. Uh, this is this is going to have to be fixed. They call that a play on words. Yeah, imagine that. So we, we set up this interview over a week ago. Uh, and it got moved a couple of times, and then not not the day, but the time, and then um, you know you, you just never know. Coaches are busy, so I, I I'm always prepared to see like a, a guy who's intense, a guy who has somewhere to be, uh, a guy who whatever. But he was an affable, happy guy when he jumped on board yesterday morning to talk, and. A, you know, I think certainly it's it's a testament to the Jeff Cameron show and the relationship we forged with him and the trust and the bond that's there to have that conversation. But it's also that Mike may have known that was the day he was about to get paid. <laughs> it could have been that too. I I don't know. You can weigh out that trust level, the affability of the host, the relationship forged, or I'm about to sign a contract that pays me more than $8 million a year. You decide. I'm going to go with the ending, a a movie that I love to cite, Defending Your Life. Remember, the very end, I won't say the specifics for those. Spoiler alert, 30 years later. But uh, the phone call comes in at the end, and Mm. they say, what do you think? You know, it's like, here's the judgment. Can we decide to let this guy move forward? Move on, yeah. That is what the administration at Florida State was doing, watching War Chant TV. Yeah. Yesterday, 1.15 p.m., they were locked in. There was a viewing. There were five people in the room, three votes, have the extension, and they said, okay, okay, look at him. This is spectacular. We got to do it. Foregone conclusion, I say. I think this was always in the making. If he had the season that he had, certainly it aided in their efforts. I, you, you have to understand that it's more than the games. The games are huge. But you have to, and, and and I don't mean you, Tom, but for everybody out there, there's it's important from an administrative standpoint that 
on the day-to-day basis in which you're operating with this man in the athletic department, the conversations, the inner office memos, the lunches, all of it, the way that he proceeds and goes about the business of building Florida State, the work ethic, the uh, structure, the organization, and then, of course, the success on the field that follows once all of that has been firmly established and instilled. When you recognize in somebody either the ability to do that and that it's moving in the right direction or not, and it's moving in the wrong direction, the decision has been made. Now you just need affirmation one way or the other to deal with the PR fallout, good and bad, and also to justify the funds if it's a raise and to justify a firing and what you're going to have to pay out in addition to finding a new coach if it's the latter. But I think that they knew, even on the heels of five and seven, that they were headed in this direction. Would he have gotten this contract had they gone six and six last year? No. That's not what I'm saying. But I think they knew to get their ducks in a row because Florida State was about to be successful because the evidence was in place that they would be successful. I thought eight and four successful. You thought nine and three. Um, I think worst case scenarios, we said seven and five, maybe I guess with injuries, six and six. But they knew the program was moving in the right direction because the things that we laud Mike Norvell for on a regular basis had been evidenced by all. If you, I mean, he has open practices. If you cover this team, you saw the things that we talk about here and provide context for our listeners, those that don't live in town, those that are passionate for Florida State, those that care deeply about the coverage of the team because they've moved on, they've got a job, they don't have all day every day to watch and listen to sports. They want to know, hey, are things going in the right direction over there in Tallahassee? I know the product isn't where I want it to be just yet, but do you guys get a good sense the university is here every day. They, the administrators, they are there every day. We see them at practice all the time. It is fairly commonplace to see Michael Alford at practice on the sidelines or many of his assistants and those that work in the athletic department on a daily basis. And, of course, they have interactions with the head coach on the regular. So they knew that this was likely to be where we arrive at the, the, the announcement yesterday, that the, the extension – had been given. And people might ask, well, you know, is it too soon to do so? I don't think so, because if you believed prior to the 10 wins that this was moving in the right direction, there's no evidence to suggest that it's not going to continue to move in the right direction with a win here or there. What you do want to do is show appreciation for a guy you know and you think to be the right guy. Because guess what? Other people are observing this very thing too. The industry is in you know, incestual. It's it, every all coaches know each other, and the administrators all. Yeah, you know, everybody had a pretty good idea. I remember Kirk Herbstreit brought this up and talked about when Mike Norvell was hired that there was pretty much consensus in the industry that he was a star in the making, an up and coming coach that was well received and well liked. And we have friends in media who travel for ESPN and other networks and cover games around the country. That includes G five games and everybody else, right? So. Those people told us that they're part of, uh, they're the behind-the-scenes people, the folks that are in the truck, the folks that you know do, do all the stuff that allows for a good television product, right? That includes setting up for interviews, games of the week, right? If Memphis is playing, they're setting up 
for that interview, the lead into that game with Mike Norvell. So they're in there. They had the opportunity to see how he ran a program, how he carried himself, how he answered questions we may not have known of. Maybe we weren't as locked in on Mike Norvell. All of them. I didn't talk to anybody that had trepidation about Mike Norvell. I can tell you a mutual friend of ours. I brought this up at the time, but he saw one of our former head coaches and Jimbo Fisher on a vacation. Same place, same time. Yes. A couple of days in a row. So after a while, you start to say hello and then you talk. And when Jimbo was asked about Coach Norvell, he said, oh, he'll get he'll get it fixed. Yeah. He, he's the right guy. That you, you won't have to worry about him. His reputation in the business was sound across the board. And you might think that maybe Jimbo would be looking negatively at the university. No, here's the guy who his perspective is they they said no to me. They they let me go. And he still turns around and says, Florida State's in good hands. Mike Morvell is going to be the guy. And that is two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. That predates the culture flipping, the base work. It was sight unseen. You're going to like that guy. Well, because work ethic precedes you. You know, people find out if you put in the time, if you if you have the work ethic it takes to help turn things around and get things organized. Now, ultimately, once that's established and you kind of write this ship, it's no longer, you know, leaning. It's, it's, it's now stabilized. Now you'll get into the nuts and bolts of winning and losing being the sole factor that decides further extensions. This one was always coming. This one was on its way the second we got things turned around. I'm sure the administration loved the fact that Miami and Florida paid what they did in the last couple of years. Say, huh? well, we knew we were going to do this, but at eight plus, shoot. Well, you would argue, and we did a video on War Chant TV uh, just a few weeks ago. It was myself and, and, and Gene and Iron Corey, I think, and we were all talking about the uh, pending contract extension. In fact, we did the video because we knew this day was coming. And the thought was, you know, how much would it be? What do you think the buyout's going to be? All those things. And I posited that I thought it would be over $8 million a year because based on what I understand the contracts of Billy Napier and Mario Cristobal to be, that you would want to make him, meaning Coach Norvell, the highest paid coach in the state. He's the best coach in the state. Program's the most stable currently. Four states in a better position than both Florida and Miami. And that's because of Mike Norvell. So he's going to, you know, and Jimmy Sexton represents them all. So you know Sexton's going to walk in and say, my guy's the guy. Pay him like he's the guy. You kind of had to. And that's fine. If you look further down the road, if you just look at average salaries of Power 5 coaches, successful ones, this isn't an outlandish contract at all. It's not an over-the-top. Like, nobody looks at this contract and goes, oh, my goodness, and clutches their pearls. I mean, hey, Pretty obvious. Not a secret. There's a huge amount of money in college football. Universities that want to win and make money and want to grow and build towards a, a secure future, and Florida State is certainly still in limbo because we're stuck in this godforsaken conference, well, they know they're going to have to pay. They're going to have to pay for the better coaches. They're going to have to pay for the better staffs. They're going to have to ante up because to not do so sends the other message, which is that you're not in it. You're not here to play big boy football. You're not throwing your hat in the ring. You're willing to be average or below average and just kind of get by. You're pinching pennies. Can't do it. So Florida State was going to have to make this uh, a reality. They did. I think it's the right decision. I think Mike Norvell is doing a great job. Uh, what all coaches will tell you when they get paid 
is that what this allows you to do is put the rest away. You now are free from the burdens of ever worrying about a freaking bill or anything else again in your life. You are rich beyond your wildest dreams when you got into the industry. Now your only day-to-day, well, besides a family and obviously being a decent husband and all those things, but, you know, the, the point would be you now can solely focus and throw all of your efforts and passions professionally into just bettering this program and, and getting the wins that are necessary to sustain, sustain this job and that salary. You don't have anything else to worry about off the field that money can't handle. Now, again, money isn't everything. You still have personal relationships. You have a wife. You have children. I get all that. But you understand where I'm coming from. To never again worry about whether or not you're secure financially is a hell of a thing to remove from your back on a day-to-day basis. This is where I agree with you, too, is that the the rose-colored glasses part of who he is, what he's about, and what he's done, you know, that time is coming to an end because we are now assessing on the level of playoff contention, national championship contention over the next three years, right? Like that next period of time is going to be about how many banners or, you know, things can you hang from Doak? Yeah. How many things can you put on the face? Because that's what we're doing now, right? By the president's box is that we're putting the championships and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're finally celebrating. Yeah, along the sidelines. All right, so how many of those things can you add to the ledger at Doak Campbell? That's what the next couple of months or a couple of years are about. But before we get there, I think it is worth reflecting on what a tremendous day it was for him. Because it's a risk. Of course, it's an upgrade to go from Group of Five, Memphis, to Power Five, a place like Florida State. But this place was in shambles. It was in shambles, and it was a risk. It was in more disarray than people realize on the outside. Because if you if you fail here miserably, you're not getting another head coaching gig at the Power Five level. See, Willie. Well, well, he failed here. I mean, he failed here. He failed it. He ended up failing his next stop too. So, right, yeah, but his yeah, next yeah. stop wasn't somewhere else in the Power no, Five. They're right, like, ah, yeah. oh, that was circumstances. Yeah. No, no, no. Let's bring him over to this Power Five institution. No, he was the coach of the Owls. You know, that was next. So for Coach Norvell, this is a risk at the time that he took it, and then he's getting the machine starting to rev up a little bit, and the pandemic hits. So all of these relationships that you have to form in order to be successful, you can't form them. So now you're stuck. You are doing meetings with your team on Zoom for instruction. You are doing virtual meetings. They were doing, remember the the hotel scene? They were doing the hotel bars throughout the state. That's what they were doing before the pandemic. That's all gone. It stunts everything that you tried to accomplish. You have to take a massive pay cut as well because the athletic department is bleeding left and right due to the pandemic. And you come from all the way, that kind of a low, that down there in the valley, to this place where now you're set. That, that is a tremendous accomplishment, even if it is at Florida State, where it's you can build it up quicker here than most other places. That's still a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, that raise is not for nothing. He achieved. And he did it in a hurry, in a reasonable period of time. And he remained unwavering in his methodologies. That's why I asked him about the affirmation that was the 10-win season Yesterday when we did the interview, it had to have been very satisfying, very gratifying to know that staying the course, quote-unquote, you played the audio clip, we're building it the right way, wins are coming. I know it. He said that. That's why we played that clip is that, you know, he's not lying. He did say that. He did remain unwavering, even on the heels of Jacksonville State, which if you were going to be shook, it would have been then, and he didn't. So now, though, the pressure shifts. That, the money's there. This is the conversation. Now it's like, okay, 
We got the guy, but to what level? And this is the same thing we were doing yesterday with the LeBron stuff, but it's true in any walk of life where you start talking about there is there is the 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 also ran middle of the road guy that nobody you know rotation player in the NBA whatever right well, allow me it's like a gated community <laughs> there are several <laughs> yeah, layers yes, and yes. gates within certain kinds of gated communities that's yes. right no but so it's like you're a rotation player or you're a superstar or you're a bench piece or whatever you are right okay when you establish that you are a frontline coach in this business, this is a very easy business to read. It's about wins and losses. You don't have to, once you've gotten to a place where you are affirmed, okay, there's the power five. These are the schools that pay to play. These are the ones where the expectations are that at some point you are going to compete for conference titles and at this point, college football playoff appearances and hopefully national championships. That's where, at a place like Florida State, that's certainly what you're being paid to do. Once you've established that you're our guy or that you're a guy, he did that. He did that. When he left Memphis, came to Florida State, that was what was on the table. Prove it. You did it at Memphis. You got to prove it here. You got to show us, can you do it? No, by the way, we're a mess. So it's not just the on the field that you got to rectify. You got to rectify the off the field in order to get the on the field right. And it's going to be a lot of pressure because people are pissed. They're on the heels of watching Jimbo walk. Some of them don't know what to think. Do they believe in the university or do they believe Jimbo's side of things? Then they hired Willie. That turned out to be a failure. And we're paying that guy still to be out here losing every week. So they're not exactly in a great mood when you arrive. Yeah, it's a life preserver. They're holding on, please. But they're not going to be all that patient because they're tired of being spat upon. Now... You have two bad seasons for whatever reason. COVID's part of it, certainly not being able to establish relationships without the, throughout the state to, in order to bolster high school recruiting. All of these things are real reasons, not excuses, but real reasons. But again, people at that point say, that's true, but I don't care. <laughs> you better find a way. And you know how I know that? Because it doesn't take two seconds for people on the internet to go, what about that guy? What about that guy? He's winning over here. Look at this guy. They all do that. Never mind the nuance of a discussion. Look at that guy. So anyhow, you're going to have to deal with all of that. You're going to have to block all of it out. Hard to do. Easier said than done. A lot of people could say, I don't check the internet. I don't listen to radio. I don't watch TV. I don't. Man, you feel the weight of those expectations and the pressures that come with, and you still got to get it done. Now that you've done it, and this is the great news, you've graduated. You've made it to a wonderful place where you're financially stable the rest of your life. Guess what? The pressure just got ratcheted up even more because now we know who our coach is and what this is going to look like for the next six, seven, eight years, right? And the only thing you'll be gauged on now is whether or not this team starts winning ACC championships and playing in the college football playoff. That's it. That's all, folks. That's it. That's what comes with winning. That's what comes with taking the next step forward. That's what comes with success. Added pressure, but you're not a victim of your success. You're never a victim of your success. You've got to continue to climb. That's what the money's for. That's why you're paid so damn handsomely. It's to continue to get better. Now, at some point, it will reach, if he's really successful and they get to where they want to go, it will reach a place where it is absolutely unfair. Nick Saban can't do any better than he's done. And every year he doesn't win a championship, there are members of that fan base that are like, what the hell? We're paying this guy 
12 and $14 million a year. What is this ass sorry 10 and 3 season in the SEC? Right? At some point, you reach that place where it's a national championship or nothing. Bobby Bowden found that out. All great coaches do once you get there. He's got to get there. That's the next step. So he's under pressure now to take the next step of getting there. But when you accomplish that step, there's more. Got to do it again and again and again. So it's a it's a crazy ride. But the point of all of this is there are markers. This is a marker. Add it to the ledger. My man has now taken this whole thing to another level. Good. We needed him to. Good God, I was tired of being out here behind the dumpster. We talk about the analogies all the time. Getting kicked in the face, smoking crack, getting spit on. Now. We can dress up a little. I might buy an Audi. Who knows? We'll go on vacation. Let's take it to New Zealand. Whatever we want. But there's added pressure from this point forward. Well, yeah. I think we're just barely on the other side of, boy, you clean up nice. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's where yeah, we we're are. Not, we're, not, we're not flying to New Zealand. I don't think we're buying Audi. We're not buying yet, an Audi. Hey, you clean up nice. <laughs> it's still, you're still in the shock phase. But here's the good news for him. Mm-hmm. Is that unlike the last time he signed a contract at Florida State, before the extension, the assembly line for the football program, the product on the field, the culture, he's already repaired that to a place where he doesn't have to worry about that nearly as much. Oh, man, yeah. That's a side relief. It's not a renovation. It, you might need to retool it every once in a while, but this isn't a complete... You don't have to gut the building. Building's been gutted. Yeah. Beautiful inside. Come on in. Looks great. But now, with that new expectation, he has to parlay the hard work that he's done, which it might be the hardest part of all is flipping a locker room like he's done and then making that work where you come down to the fourth quarter in a one-possession game and the ball goes one way or the other, or it's about your poise or your preparation versus your opponent, are you going to be prepared to be the difference in that situation? Can you be the difference? Can you foster that extra edge in your roster? That's what it's all about now. Thankfully, it's about the product on the field, not all the nonsense off of it. That's all it's been for the last five years. Except there's a caveat to that discussion. We're going to have it next. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning, and I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. 
athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Jeff Cameron Show, hope you're well. Batting down the hatches if you're in Tallahassee, right? We got all the rain coming. That's what's happening. We're going to get uh, horrible weather just in time for the weekend. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I think we're on two or three straight weekends of a front coming in just to begin. It. I don't mind the cold. I, I love like the it. cold. Weekend fires and things like I'd that. Like, yeah, but I'd, I'd like to be able to step outside and not have it be a deluge. Yeah, it's supposed to be a slowed front, well, I guess. Good, good. So it's just going to be kind of hovering over us. Mm-hmm. Fireplace and scotch. Got to get cold enough, though. Good scotch. Because if it's hovering over you, and it will on Saturday, but like tomorrow, if it's 72 or yeah, 67, you can't. You can't, you can't, really. you can't I mean, you can. You, you, you can, but yes. I mean, you go outside you for two minutes and you have all the windows fog up and all that kind of stuff because of the humidity. <laughs> Here's the caveat aspect of the conversation we were just having that I teased, believe it or not, a moment ago before the break, which is that, okay. Now you're graded solely on not the rebuild internally off the field as well as on it. It is on the field, and now the wins must come. You've been paid handsomely, highest paid coach in the state, and the pressure is ratcheted up. External pressure is ratcheted up. Uh, You're watched a little bit closer. Everybody who's paid handsomely in any walk of life is held accountable to a much greater degree. Again, that's what the money's for. That said... How great can Florida State be? Some of you are already having the argument in the chat. That's where I was going to go. Over the long term, Florida State will not consistently get to a college football playoff and or win a national championship if each and every year they suffer a huge setback financially by way of the competition they're asked to overcome for said playoff appearance and national championship. The SEC teams... Coaches, and by virtue of those those television contracts, I would even argue, say, the NIL and others, will have a distinct advantage over teams in non-Big Ten conferences. So the SEC and the Big Ten are the, the ones, and everybody else is at a decided disadvantages, disadvantage. You can win now, but every year this goes on, every year that they amass more wealth you struggle to keep up because the next time that you want to give a raise to an Alex Atkins, it may not be of the kind that another school could give him to be their assistant. And that school would be somebody in the SEC, like Georgia, Alabama, God forbid, Florida, you name it. Same for Big Ten schools. They can do that. And this is where your staff begins to erode. And as that happens, you can't sustain excellence. So it is almost an impossible task at that point. I'm talking four and five and six and seven years down the road for you to compete at the highest level in this game, which is what the money that they're paying you now to do is exactly that, compete at the highest levels. Yeah, because the coaching salaries aren't going to remain stagnant for the next seven to eight years. Mr. Sexton will see to it that they keep going up exponentially. Unless there's some kind of reckoning in the head coaching and and assistant coach market in college football, I mean, what's a coordinator going to go for? Like a really good one in 2028. Like two and a half, three million dollars? Because that's where this seems to be heading. Yeah. 
And the only way that I could see that a university like Florida State would be able to survive that, and by survive it, I mean pay the football staff and have all the things that you need to do to operate as a football program, you'd have to shutter other sports, which nobody wants to do. And if you do that, it's got to be a one-for-one for Title IX reasons. So you're talking about shuttering multiple sports at a time, probably five to six years from now. Again, they're not imminent, but if you don't get out of this place, what's what else are you going to cut the budget from? Where are you going to move the money from in order to stay competitive? Because there's too many things that you have to be in charge of now. To your point, there is the coaching salaries. There is the booster donations that need to come in to make sure that your facilities are where they need to be. And then there's the collective. Now the fans are paying for the roster. That's where we are. Fans are paying for the roster, not we'll corporate see, sponsors. Yeah, and, and we'll see what kind of changes are made in both the portal and NIL and how this gets, I guess, more unified or unilaterally implemented. I, I, I think that's important, and I think it is coming. I think it's going to happen, but I don't know if it's going to happen before the seismic shift that we've been watching over the last several years is finished, if you will, or completed. And I, I know I just painted a dire picture by saying some sports would have to go. I don't think it will ever get to that place because every day that goes by, the buyout from the ACC gets cheaper. You're closer to the end of the contract. So every year that we go by, yeah, it gets cheaper to form a buyout for the grants of rights but to, I'm gonna, to make a settlement happen because we're not going to renew. No, this is not going to no, renew past like, 2036. Like, it's like free agency. We, 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 you're right. Yeah. You're right. We had the discussion. But let me further the discussion because here is another thing that I would argue. That's true, Tom, but this is going to have to be sooner rather than later, and I'm not sure as it's currently comprised that it will be unless the TV networks dictate it because the ACC is under no pressure right now to do anything to allow us to get out of here with a payment. They're going to be like, no, screw you, we're holding on. And so is ESPN, because, again, the ACC is their baby. That's an asset. It's a lesser-tier asset, but it's an asset nonetheless, and they turn a profit off of it. So they're not exactly just going to be like, well, screw it, let them go. No, they don't want to do that. They built the damn network. So they've got to figure out how to make this work, how it affects them best on in their bottom line. The other part about that and where I was going with all of this is – you, if you were to, and this is impossible to know, obviously Florida State right now is on the rise. Programs turned around, we're moving in the right direction, have very high expectations of the upcoming season. But you've alluded to the fact that after next year, we lose an awful lot. If you're not in a position two years from now to compete at a real high level and, and, and win a conference and you drop off to an eight and four or seven and five type season. And over the course of those two and three years, you've been again, watching the gap lengthen between where you're at and the schools you're seeking to compete against in, in your footprint, which are sec schools. I wonder the kind of shape you're going to be in when the call comes. I worry about that because I don't think there's any doubt that down the road, Florida State, Clemson, and others will leave the ACC and will end up in the SEC I or the Big Ten, but probably the SEC, all right? I don't think there's any doubt that's going to happen, and it can't happen soon enough. 
Because what you don't want to do is to be limping into a conference that's made up of juggernauts. Yeah, yeah. You may never get your head above water. If you go in there, it's not like when Missouri joined the SEC. It's not the same thing. And if you end up going into that conference four years from now, limping in, you get buried. And the next thing you know, you've got a long haul, man, to try to win over in recruiting because you've been a afterthought. You've been a, an also ran. You can't be rolling into that conference after a four and eight season. Uh, I agree. You can't really limp anywhere after a four and eight season. Certainly not into a living room to say, "Come play for me." But I've always wanted to see what it would be like for Florida State to be on equal financial footing, relatively speaking, to the powers that be in college football. This, this athletic department, this football program, has had a tradition of doing more with less, being more efficient, finding a way. The landscape's changed. The landscape has changed. But what I'm saying is if you get to a place where your TV revenue income is on the level of the SEC, and we agree that that's the most natural landing spot, not just for regionality, but then also because ESPN owns both. It's, it's a much easier move. You don't have to, there are yeah, fewer, the- fewer feathers have to be ruffled in order for you to get there versus the Big Ten, a whole bunch of crap's got to happen if you're ever going to go to the Big Ten. I just want the Big Ten to keep adding. Go grab Oregon. Right, right. Go, go, go grab Washington. I mean, look, I didn't want any of this. I don't think any of us did. If you've got an ounce of traditionalism in you at all, you don't like any of this. But it's happened. It's like the argument we made before about the purity of college football, which was not pure all the way back in the 70s and 80s, but for the people that made that argument, and I said the ship has sailed, and I used to laughingly say to my friends, well, go watch the Ivy League, buddy. It's pure snow. Have fun with that. But but the, the point is, I, you, you really need this to get worked out aggressively. <laughs> I would like all of this to be sorted out sooner rather than later. Our star is rising. Mike's in a good place. His staff is solid. The team is better than it was. There are better expectations for this program next year and the year after and the year after. We, we all agree that it's ascending. Hopefully that we don't have a hiccup along the way. There is certainly uh, the other side of the coin, which is to say they could. They could. I mean, if, if for some reason, you know, you don't know about injury luck. All of that's true. This isn't a loaded roster. This is not a national championship roster. I don't think they're, they're in a position where on a neutral field, both sides motivated the same uh, with everything on the line, that they would have competed at a high level with Georgia last year. I don't. I think we would have gotten smashed, maybe not the way TCU did, uh, but I think we would have gotten beat soundly. So we're trying to get to that place, and until you're at that place, you know, you do. You worry about an injury here or there, and, and you watch something fall off a cliff. They're in a better place this year than last, but I, I agree with you, and, and I know that I was the one that brought up. Next year is, is kind of lean, and it's something we all went through together. It's not just a media thing. You know, sometimes we talk about our own gigs and it's it's kind of tone deaf to the people out there. But in this instance, we all went through this together for the first time in the month of December. The news cycle that went 24-7. Typically in our line of work, and for you, the fan out there, you can breathe easy after the regular season is over. It's like there's the early signing day. There's the bowl game. Otherwise, oh, let me get my daily updates on how practice is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to use a freshman in the bowl game? That's cool. Instead, it's like, bam, 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 going pro, staying, retained in the transfer portal, secured a, a visit for the transfer portal, guys committing from the transfer portal, and it just didn't stop into early January. This upcoming year, project that moving forward. What we're going to be doing here at Warchant are a lot of videos about guys announcing that they're going pro and talking about where do they fit in the NFL draft and what is their draft stock like right now, what round do you think they're going to go 
And then after that, it's going to be about the import market in the transfer portal. You thought we brought in a lot of guys this last year? Look out, man. I think it's going to be nuts. Well, I asked that question yesterday. He gave the answer for those that missed the interview yesterday. It's all in there. Go find it. Warchant TV. It's on the website, warchant.com. You can find it at the podcast from yesterday's show. Um, I do, th- you know, it's interesting to me as far as what you think they'll do with the portal. I think they're going to have a very, very successful recruiting campaign this year. I think the high school recruiting, well, we're already seeing it. The top, the, you know, if you look at the top five schools for 2024, Florida State's in it. So for everybody that's like, okay, the next step is to recruit better in high school. Well, that's happening. It's currently happening. If you looked at the visitors, you saw that the caliber of player that is interested in Florida State, we've already seen a huge uptick. Winning cures all, guys. We I laugh about these things all the time. We can talk about NIL, which matters, and we can talk about tradition, and we can talk about uniforms, because we all do, and all of these other sidebars, but they're not the reality of what influences kids to go to a school more than anything else, and that is wins. It's wins. If a school's winning, now it helps that if the school that's winning has a tradition of doing so, has cachet, it certainly helps where you are located. If you're winning a whole bunch out in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, good luck signing a top five class. Winning anywhere near the state of Florida, you're going to be all right. You can do that. So I get all these other factors have influence, but winning. And Mike won last year, the staff won last year to the tune of 10 games. It's not a coincidence that currently they're recruiting at a top five level in the high school ranks. So they're going to do a good job. I think they'll do a bang up job so long as they don't fall off a cliff this year. And I don't think they will. None of us do. It's just interesting. Like, will the kids that remain that are on the roster, some of the pieces that you liked when they brought them in a year ago or two years ago, some of those kids we've we've pointed to and said they are developmentally on the right track. Will that be enough, and how much will you have to go outside that group and the group that followed and now whatever freshman you bring in this next year? Yeah, just quickly going position by position. Quarterback, you should be okay. I mean, it could be a luxury to go get a veteran you know, next year, maybe to be a stabilizer depending upon how this year plays out. But I think you're okay there. You don't have to make a move. Offensive line, you could always use one or two. I think that's just going to be the standard, even though you've got the Armellas of the world and the Charltons and Jalen Early. like Those guys are rising to prominence, and maybe they play some big roles this year. That that remains to be seen, but maybe they do. You could always use one or two there. The defensive interior gets gutted in terms of experience. I don't know how many of those freshmen that we like are going to play a bunch this year because you've got so many veterans in front of them in the defensive interior specifically. So you might want a veteran or two there. Rush end, beyond Patrick Payton, who's our next guy? That's a question that we've got to answer this year. Is like, who is the next rush end for us beyond Verse and Patrick Payton? I don't know. Is Edmund going to be around for a couple of years? Is he that type of player? We'll see. Linebacker, Nicholson's going to help, but you're going to need a lot more of it. Nicholson's going to help a lot, and I think he'll be really good his second year here. And then defensive back, you're probably going to have to get two or three more. I mean, because the development side of it is is one question, but if you're just talking about ready-made, because now you're going to have ready-made expectations every year. Out of conference in 2024, we play Notre Dame, and the ACC schedule is more robust. You play NC State, North Carolina in the final year of May. That's going to be no picnic. That schedule looks a little bit tougher. So, yeah, it's just it's going to be a fascinating watch, and this is how Mike Norvell is going to be judged over the next few oh, years. Without this, question. this contract is about sustainability of double-digit win seasons, yeah. not the novel feeling that no, you get that, oh, we yeah. finally have done it for that's, the first time. That's what I'm saying. Hey, congratulations. Welcome to the club. Made a lot of money. Good for you. Now go win more. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We got to take this break. Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Yeah, this will be rapid fire. My apologies as Tom and I got carried away with a fun subject matter and a lengthy talking point, but we were not following a traditional radio clock because had we been, somebody would have been banging on our doors. Hey, man, those breaks aren't suggestions. (laughs) Hey, man, you want radio gold or not? It was fun. Besides, I had to put off as much as I could the godforsaken second half of the FSU basketball game that I attended last night. Good to see everybody out there. But, man, for whatever reason, we went small in the second half, and that was not a wise decision. And, alas, we lost, and it was an ugly run. Nine and a half minutes of game time in which Florida State scored a grand total of two baskets. Two. What is it you say you do here? Uh, they got issues. They got issues, and it's um, disappointing and sad in a lot of ways. I would tell you that, Tom, I think they're screwed. I don't think it's going to get better. I think they're buried. Well, there's no way to respond to that. I'm just going to let that marinate for the people. It makes me sad. It does. It, it, it makes me sad. I, I could be wrong. I will argue that I could be wrong. I could take the counter to this and argue against me. But a lot's got to go right. A lot has got to go right. I, I don't feel good about our situation right now. The the state of the program, the situation we're in, this is not a scathing indictment on Leonard Hamilton, whom I love. I just We've got real problems, and, and some things have conspired against us in this situation, and I don't know that we can get out from under it at this point. I just uh, And I'm not just talking about this year. Obviously, this season's a lost season. It's tough for me the day after a loss to uh... – Syracuse specifically, because they are the uh, one of the last vestiges, even though they're in the different conference, of the old Big East, yeah. the elitism of Bayheim, a guy named Gerard who's, who's hitting it? threes on you. I mean, it was more Big East than that. Oh, left and right, buddy. Ugh. Ugh. That guy. Well, and, and that's why I got mad that we went small in, this, in the first half, man. I mean, it was a dunk fest. It was awesome. We're just brutalizing that zone. Baseline. Backdoor, oop after oop after oop. McLeod was on pace to score 50. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. <laughs> 